health, wellness, and just being all around good human beings. That's David and Kelly Backus for you. They join us to talk about their new nutritional venture, Maverick Hockey, and much more. Plus, we get an update on Kirsten's movie venture and talk a little World Juniors. As always, we're created by New Voice Studios, presented by Soda Stick, brought to you by Talk North, Royal Credit Union, and Peak Vestibular Center. This is Season 3, Episode 138. Calling all buttes. The Beauty League has begun its weekly games at Braemar Ice Arena in Edina, and Soda Stick wants to make sure you're geared up. As the exclusive to Beauty League merchandiser, Soda Stick will have you covered with hats, tees, and much more each week at DBL and online at sodastick.com. Don't forget code Bardon Beauties for 15% off all your purchases. Hello, everybody. What's up? We're back. Episode 138 of Bar Down Beauties. I'm Jesse Pierce. She's Kirsten Kroll. We introduced you to her last week as our official co-host. Before we move into any World Junior Hockey Talk, I need a movie update, Kirsten. Where are we at? Have we seen Mighty Ducks? I mean, people are throwing all the movies in. Young Blood's up there. Slapshot, obviously. Uh, in case you guys missed it last week, Kirsten admitted to us a very deep, dark secret that she doesn't like movies. She's never seen Slapshot. She's never seen Mighty Ducks. Among the many that she uh, she needs to watch. So where are we at on our movie? List? Okay, so a couple things. Yes, there are. <laughs> There's a lot more movies that I'm now signed up for than I anticipated from yeah. everyone commenting all the other movies I need to watch <laughs> now as well. But also... I feel like it's not fair that you're doing the movie update now because I haven't been home. Like, okay. So okay. I haven't been home. So I like, I've barely watched any TV at all. Do we have, do we have designated days? I mean, are we setting aside? Can we get some TikToks out there about it? Like, what are we thinking? So you're moving in this coming weekend. We're recording this on Friday per standard. So you're moving in this weekend. Once you're settled, we can count on like maybe a Tuesday. I know Monday's the beauty league, maybe a Tuesday. Um, I could watch the trailer for one of the movies on a Tuesday. You guys failing. This is this is an epic failure. I just I don't even know. What to do. I feel as captain of the shit, just like Marcus Foligno is captaining Jordan Greenway to watch Anchorman. Have you seen Anchorman? Yes. Oh, okay, I have there we seen go. that. Yes. You, also, you're... I mean, I did. It's not hockey related or sports related at all, but I did go to the movie theater about two weeks ago to see my first movie in about four years which was top gun uh no but that's on my list actually that i need to okay. see it was where the crawdads sing oh i i i need to read that book i heard it's a good yeah. movie i cried three times and apparently it's not a movie that you should cry at and so i was getting made fun of for that so <laughs> excellent but fantastic movie i 10 out of 10 i would 10 say there we go well we'll we'll give you that all right we're designating movie day you let us know we will let the people know as your list continues to grow. Uh, but I you know, feel we'll, so much we'll anxiety with how long this list is getting. I feel now it's going to get even longer once this episode launches as well. I know you need to like, you almost need to, I hate to say it, knock on wood. You almost need to get like COVID so you can just have an excuse to do nothing and watch movies, right? Like, I, mean, right, I don't want to say that, but. You know. I skipped a lot of school in high school. I could just go back to playing hooky. So. There you go. Except when it comes to the Bar Down Beauties podcast. Oh, no, this is priority number one. I like it. And then movies. Priority number one, bar down, then movies, and then whatever else you, you know, do. So that works for me. 
That works for me. Let's talk a little World Junior Championship since this is a hockey podcast with a side of movies. We'll talk a little bit of hockey as well uh, before David Backus and Kelly Backus join us to talk more hockey and food and all that good stuff. But uh, World Juniors, Kirsten, I know you're following along uh, with Team USA in particular. Minnesota Wild have eight prospects participating in the coveted uh, international competition. What are you liking? Who are you liking? Uh, Let's focus on Team USA first. Uh, Brock Faber, looking solid. Yeah, I was just going to say, he is one kid on that World Junior team for USA that's really been standing out. Um, Just going off, I mean, as of today, when this is being recorded, so Friday, last night, USA just won their second straight game. And Carter Mazur, I... Please forgive me if I'm saying his last name wrong. I'm really bad with names. I'm trying to do better. But Carter Mazur, two games or two goals in last night's game. So he was probably my standout from last night. USA getting the 7-1 win over Switzerland. So I think especially going into the couple weekend games that are coming up, hopefully they can continue their win streak to finish out the preliminary round. But Carter Mazur last night, I was very impressed. I got to say some of the goals I've seen, and I hate myself for saying it, Hockey Canada just looking really good too. I mean, we knew that they were going to be the top dog coming into this. Anybody that pays attention to the world juniors, as you guys know, I love it. I like it more in December. I'm having a hard time shifting focus to the summertime competition, but neither here nor there seeing uh Connor better just bury goal after goal and just in beautiful, beautiful fashion. Uh, shout out to our buddy spoke Z who has clipped all of these gorgeous highlight reel, not safe for work goals because they are, there's something to be seen. Um, you know, Canada's doing their thing again, this is taking place in Edmonton. So Canada's really poised to win it. Not only do they have one of the best teams, uh, but they're doing it on kind of their home turf. Uh, one surprise I had was Czechia, which actually the Minnesota wild do have a prospect playing, uh, on that squad, but they're, they weren't predicted to do very well. They pushed Finland to a shootout. They ended up losing in the shootout to Finland, but for me, Finland was the second best team behind Canada. So, I mean, I thought that was a little bit interesting. I think Finland still is the second best team. I think, you know, uh, the U S and Sweden will duke it out in their group for the best, but, uh, what do you, who, what other teams are you liking outside of the U S team? Kirsten, have you paid attention to anybody else that, uh, anybody that's surprising you? Um, you know, I, I've been really following USA as far as the other teams go. I haven't followed them as closely as I would have liked to be very honest, but yeah, like you mentioned Finland, I know in the exhibition games, us lost their first game to Finland for that, but I, I expect them to be strong contenders, like you mentioned, but also to Canada playing against Slovakia in that game right before us played last night, 11 to one win over Slovakia yesterday. So, I mean, just, just, you want to talk about dominance like that game last night, Canada, they dominated the ice Mm -hmm. in that one. And on a side note as well, as somebody who has had to do a couple write-ups for team USA for my full-time job, I am very, very excited for the upcoming games to not begin at 9 PM central (laughs) for somebody (laughs) who likes to be in bed by 10 PM and gets exhausted. Like it'll be nice to not be working at 1230 at night. You know what? I am one in the same I will complain about it throughout the course of the season, naturally, as all Minnesota wild and hockey fans tend to do. Uh, I am excited again, that gold medal game taking place August 20th. So while you're watching this, this upcoming weekend, 
uh, that third place. It's to be seen, obviously, who slots in where. Servek uh, Petrovsky for Slovakia. He is a Minnesota Wild prospect. He's doing well. He's ranked in the top 25. Uh, Brock Favor as well ranked in the top 25 for his points. He's a plus seven right now through two games, Brock Faber. So again, him coming to the Minnesota Wild by way of an LA Kings trade for Kevin Fiala. Uh, go for captain. He's captain of this Team USA. So that's pretty exciting stuff. Logan Cooley, who's going to be a gopher. He's doing very well as well. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of promise in uh, in that. And Luke Hughes for Team USA, just crushing it. Uh, Mace McTavish for, for Canada doing his thing. So all in all, be sure to check it out. NHL network airing those games. It's a lot of fun. I'm telling you guys, I've told you guys year after year, it's where you get to see the best of the best. It's the future of the game out. So Vetchkin's played in it. Crosby's played in it. Um, I will stand pat by it is one of my favorite tournaments of the year. Again, I admit slack in the summer because it's summertime and there's only a little bit of time left. Like I can't believe we're already in August, which is a little bit insane, but uh, you know, here we are. That's what we're doing. Yeah, I, I mean, August and September, even October, they're my three favorite months out of the year. So, I mean, this is like the time of year where I peak personally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my serotonin levels are through the roof. I'm that person who right now is going through the aisles at the store looking at Halloween and fall decor just to really up my serotonin as well. So, I mean, it's kind of weird. Fair. Hockey World Junior being played Right now in August, it like you mentioned earlier, it feels off not being played in the middle of winter. But, you know, yeah. here we are. Here we are. It gives, me, it gives me something to do usually during the holidays. I mean, hanging with the family is one thing, but like watching the hockey games is At the other hockey, thing that I like. family priority too. Exactly. You, know, you, you adjust. You know, you've adjust. They, they'll in turn love hockey. I know. I August, the only reason I'm struggling too is because like August for me, I feel is my last like month my last like little hurrah of like summer and breaks and like being able to breathe because once September hits it's like back to school and then I'm also trying to cram in all my basic girl fall things into like four weekends in September because October gets crazy once hockey starts and then it's like I don't have any weekends to do anything so all right we're picking pumpkins we're doing leaves we're doing everything within like the span of two weekends not to mention my birthday my best friend's birthday my wedding anniversary kids birthday it's it's a lot september gets crazy i love it it's my favorite month but august that's why it's like hockey in august ah i know we love hockey i just i need a little 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 smidge of a a, a step back jesse you're giving me anxiety talking about all that right now but <laughs> wait you're you're a virgo baby you're a September. no i'm a libra i'm at end oh. i'm at the end i'm a libra baby which makes a lot of sense. I'm very balanced. Can't make a decision to save my life and have way too much empathy. So my, I feel like my I respect fit. for you almost just really skyrocketed through the roof as I am a <laughs> September baby as well, but I am a Virgo. Are you like 22nd, 21st? Uh, September 25th. 25th. So I was almost oh, a Leo. Early. Oh, look at I you. was late. I was like two weeks late. So I was supposed oh, to have Hudson is September nine. So Oh, that's cute. the early one. And then my wedding anniversary, the 16th, my birthday, the 28th, my best friends, the 22nd. I have grandpas and uncles. Like everybody was getting busy at the same amount of time. Cause all of our family's born in like September. So that's how that Yeah. Goes. That's it's a busy month to begin with, but then you tie all of that in as well. And yeah, you'll, you'll it's get great. it done. You'll get everything done. You, always yeah, do. you know, it, we always do. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, David and Kelly back are going to tell us about their chaotic, crazy lives as they have started a new nutritional company business here in the twin cities. In addition to all the work that they already do uh, with rescue animals, hockey, 
kids talk about chaos kirsten we're gonna take a break quick break we'll be right back okay i want you to think of the first time you took a big hit on the ice maybe it was a men's adult league Maybe you were slammed into the boards in a big game, or maybe you pulled a Jesse and just tripped over the blue line. Either way, it's happened. Boys hockey, girls hockey, it doesn't matter. We've all been there with our first big hits. And unfortunately, those hits can add up over time. Hockey players can end up with dizziness, headaches, and pain, and a large portion have even experienced concussion-like symptoms as a result. Thankfully, there's an answer. Dr. Tyler Stewart with Peak Vestibular Center specializes in the drug-free treatment of nagging concussion symptoms. Dr. Stewart formulated the 3A Brain Restoration Program, a comprehensive program to get to the root cause of your symptoms. He utilizes the latest technology and techniques to get you back on the path to your best life and back on the ice. If you're dealing with dizziness, headaches, or pain after taking one too many hits, contact Dr. Stewart for a complimentary consultation today. Go to dizzinesscare.com or call 715-690-2211 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We're back. Joining us now, Kelly and David Backus to talk about all the things. I have a lot of things to talk about with you guys. First of all, uh, you have Stock and Spade nutritional company, which is going to be great. Delicious looking food, by the way, uh, post playing career, the rescue dogs, MSU grads, a pilot's license. Where do you want to start guys? I mean, quite a bit to, to cover in, in a little bit of time here. We are here for it, Jesse. So you tell us we're happy. <laughs> thanks for having us ladies. Yeah, no, thanks for joining. I want to start. How did you two meet? Both of you guys went to Minnesota state, right? So go Mavs. Is that what we're saying? Uh, go Mavs, but we were Panthers both before we were Mavs. So we actually went to kindergarten together, but started dating as seniors in high school. And now we are here getting old together, raising <laughs> our children. <laughs> that is awesome. So you guys are both Spring Lake Parkers then, huh? We are. That yeah. is wild. Hockey, both wore C's on our, uh, what do they call them? Jerseys? What's the other? Shirts? What's like? They're jerseys. Okay. I didn't know if there was like a new cool uh, <laughs> term that I'm not down with. Long yeah. story short, Kelly was the captain of the women's team at Spring Lake Park. And I was the captain of the, the men's or for girls or boys, whatever the vernacular. Yeah. Yeah. Girls and boys, I think. I love it. I love it. You know, let's dive into the venture you guys have together as well, in, in, including your family, but Stock and Spade. Tell us a little bit about what Stock and Spade is and how it came to fruition here in the Twin Cities. Uh, yeah. So stock and spade is, um, a franchise. It's a plant-based American grill. So fast, casual, fine, casual dining. Uh, we stumbled upon it last summer. So here we are a summer later. Um, I guess you could say it was originated or founded in 2020. So right at the, the start of COVID and, um, so corporate, and I think like the mothership, uh, they have a location in Wyzetta and then David and I jumped on board. It was just something that we were extremely passionate about, wanted to get involved with, um, you know, for several different reasons. I think our connection to um, animals, David, some health reasons, but yeah, we opened Stock and Spade. Uh, we are proud owners of the 50th in France location in Edina, and uh, we are in the works. And the second location that we'll be opening is Minneapolis North Loop, just about six weeks away now. So we are nice. Yeah. Six weeks from today, potentially. Yeah, six weeks from today, potentially. September uh, 23rd, potentially, is the grand opening. That's exciting. I mean, you had 
mentioned David's health issues throughout your playing career, even in general. I mean, how focused were you on making sure you were putting the right things in your body? I mean, were you Nathan McKinnon extreme where we're talking no sugars, no nothing, or did you let yourself uh, indulge a little bit? Well, if, if I would have known that was the key to skating as well as he does, I would have <laughs> certainly embarked on that path. I was, I was definitely more of uh, you know, the bulldozer type than the, uh, I don't know, rocket ship or whatever he is, but so I was, I was aware of my nutrition. Um, but I think I had some misconceptions and learned to educate myself throughout my career, especially when I was 33 in great shape being a professional hockey player and then had diverticulitis and needed colon resection. And my surgeon said, you need more fiber inside of you and you need to eat less red meat. That's slow processing. So I jumped all over that like athletes do and, and really bound to that. And um, that was kind of a step along the way to us finding stock and spade because uh, Kelly was already a vegetarian. Now we're both uh, closer to that path. And then we ate at stock and spade and we had eaten at plant-based food areas all over the country. And they were just doing it better than anyone we had seen. The ambiance was better than anywhere we had been. And so we're like, we need to be a part of this because they're doing it such at such a high level. Yeah, no, I would absolutely. I mean, tell us a little bit about the menu that you guys have put together at Stock and Spade. Like you said, I saw a s'more shake, which is on my must have uh, list, I think, but what other uh, offerings do you guys have? Yeah, we the, we are doing the summer of shakes right now, so it's kind of a limited time offering of um, every two weeks we're rolling out some really yummy new flavors. Everything is oat milk based and super delicious. The s'mores one um, will wrap up sometime next week, and then we're going to roll out with a delicious key lime pie and um, some exciting ones after that also. Everything is plant-based and super delicious, chef-crafted, craveable, kind of like your childhood favorites. Uh, burgers, chicken sandwiches, wraps, of course, fries. We have tons of sauces that are house-made. Uh, and we're just hoping to make plant-based eating more accessible to more people across the Twin Cities. And, you know, we've got a seven-year-old and a four-year-old, and I see your little nugget in the background. Which I was going to say, yeah, ignore that moving child in the background here. She all likes to for it. We're all for it. Um, and, you know, Stella and Dawson, they have a deep connection to their plate. And I think it just kind of starts in our house. But this type of eating is for everybody, right? It, this isn't like you have to be a vegetarian or a vegan to walk into our doors. We want to make this accessible to everybody. If you're want, wanting to do meatless Mondays or maybe cut out, you know, or try something new for that matter. Mm -hmm. I think this is something that is for everyone and everyone will really enjoy. Yeah, I'd like to emphasize that because I think early on when we opened, it was like, oh, all the vegans or all the plant-based people were <laughs> excited about it. And now we're seeing people come in there that are, I don't want to say naysayers, but in disbelief yeah. of what they're hearing from the reviews of how good the food is. And that's really what this concept has done is made the food so good that even if you had a, a tougher introduction to plant-based food a long time ago, now it is craveable and, and chef-crafted, like Kelly said. And we've had carnivores come in there and say, I I can't believe that this is plant-based and really? that's the best review we can have. And we're again, just excited to be doing that and making it more accessible to everyone. And kid approved then, right? The your kids enjoy most of it. 
get approved there. Um, we have some awesome kids meals that, um, come with fries. Of course. I mean, who doesn't love French fries? Those are always plant-based. So just fry up a potato and I'm in, uh, but yeah, burgers and, um, you know, chicken nuggets that don't come from any chickens, but all plant-based and super yummy. Our kids are always asking to go in there and nice. And the hook might be the ice cream at the end of the yeah. meal, but they, they, uh, they, they eat the burger for Dawson and the chicken nuggets for uh, Stella. There you go. You got You always got to have a hook, but the ice cream hook gets everybody every single time, I think. I have a question for you guys, too, just kind of jumping in here. You mentioned not only for health reasons that this became important to you and how Kelly was a vegetarian already, but you also mentioned from the animal lover perspective of it, too. Why was that important to you guys? I mean, I can probably jump in there. Um, I've always had a deep connection to my plate and I think how our food gets there. And um, I've just always rather hugged a cow than consumed a cow. So for me, this was just something that I think a lot of people too, and a lot of children have that deep connection to farm animals and animals. So this was just something where if we can make, you know, burgers and, um, you know, uh, mimic kind of the the texture and the, and the taste that you're having, but make it not come from an animal instead from plants and something that can be really enjoyable. Um, I think it's a win-win, right? We're, we're keeping um, animals alive and bullies, <laughs> bellies full. <laughs> well done. Well put. Yeah. So what changed? So David, were you a carnivore as you will before? I mean, you met Kelly and went, what kind of change again you had noted your your health issues but what kind of change and when did you start to say okay I'll give this a try I guess well I was the definition of a carnivore next <laughs> in the Webster's dictionary I think there was a little picture of me because and I remember it vividly because the day I first got diverticulitis for lunch maybe you remember this maybe you don't I had a two pound rack of lamb and some veggies for lunch and by the end of that night I was in discomfort and then i think i woke up in the middle of the night and i said kelly i gotta go to the hospital i'm not feeling well and so uh, that along with you know the game changers kind of pushed me a little bit too of saying okay for health reasons my students telling me for digestive reasons but can i do this is it sustainable for an athlete to be plant-based and in full disclosure i'm not fully plant-based i'm a pescatarian mm -hmm. and i still eat fish and uh, we still he does do love a, sushi from time to time. Still do a little <laughs> house, uh, but I think that even that you know transition a bit can be very productive for performance or for uh, digestive tract. And then uh, the one why we haven't talked about really is the environment and the benefits that plant-based eating has on the environment, which seems to be a very hot button issue lately. Yeah. And so I think this is a forward way of, of combating that and all those reasons, one of them or all of them, or just curious to say, what, what are the possibilities with plants and what is the cutting edge? And it's a lot different than the old, you know, Boca dust burger that we used to grill up and it fall apart and you try to smoke <laughs> salsa on it and hopefully that. So right. It's come a long way and we're we're again we're extremely happy to be a part of the the evolution of it. You had mentioned performance and and again I, I 
poke fun at Mac, but obviously he takes it very seriously. Tom Brady, another guy, right, who takes his diet very seriously. Do you see more and more NHL guys starting to go that path? I mean, of course, you guys are always considerate of what goes into your into your body because that's your that's part of your job. But I mean, do you see more guys looking at this as an option? And what do your teammates think? Have you have you brought any of them over to to uh, the pescatarian side even? Yeah, I think the that game changer movie really had a lot of impact on a lot of my teammates. Um, but before that. I tell the story, my mentor, Keith Kachuk, when I was growing up or living at his house as a rookie, <laughs> his pregame meal was two New York strip steaks. <laughs> and I mean, he was, we played the similar way. Like we were, yeah, was going to the front of the net, no one's moving us. And I would say by the time, you know, I was mid-career, the transition was, there were no steak even at pregame meal. And people were asking for lentils and trying to get whole grain, uh, you know, proteins into their bodies. And uh, it was just a huge transition. And I even feel it now, like my midlife crisis is I want to run a marathon before I'm 40. So I've been <laughs> for a marathon and I, I could never really run while I was training to be a professional hockey player. I, my joints were hurt and I just felt like I was beat up all the time when I ran. I ran at eight, I think it was a week ago, I ran eight miles and I felt Dang. great the next day. And so to me, I think there's something to do with the inflammation and, and some of the stuff that Game Changers had in it. You know, I'm I'm vetting it out for myself in this afterworld a little bit, and it's it's mm -hmm. turned out to be very true, and I, I'm feeling better than I ever have. So, yeah. Right. That's awesome. Well, you, the, the midlife crisis, if running a marathon is <laughs> what you're feeling like doing, that's that's awesome. I think that's incredible. <laughs> It, it beats a sports car or anything like that, right? Like, I think that's a little bit more something to be proud of. <laughs> well, some, I try to get it, my training done before ever anyone wakes up in the household and our kids are normally 6.30. So like that run, I had to start with first light in the morning and midway, I'm like, maybe the sports car was a better idea. <laughs> like, this is only eight. I'm going to have to do another, you know, 18 on top of this come race day. So yeah all good fun, but yeah, that's right. my crisis. I'm, I'm taking on head on. <laughs> I love it. Kelly, you mentioned your love for animals and obviously very well known that you guys both have a love for animals starting back with the, the Olympics. I think even doc Emmerich had mentioned David that uh, you guys got very close when we had him on the podcast a couple months ago, but tell us a little bit about, yeah, is that a venture that you guys are still heavily involved in with the rescue dogs and, and whatnot, or where has that led to? Yeah. So, um, doc has always been an incredible supporter of ours and, um, an animal lover as well. So he's always great to connect with. And we did, uh, I think in conjunction with a lot of other athletes and wives from the 2014 games in Sochi, we were able to, um, you know, change the lives of two dogs that we were able to save from there. Obviously it was, um, you know, an international spotlight was on what was happening there, which was something where we felt we're there. We need to do whatever we can to try and help. Um, and even if that's just two dogs that we could bring back, but yeah, we, um, in 2013 founded our charity athletes for animals and our organization really, you know, we try and network and use the platform of athletes, but we've really shifted to, to grant funding. So a lot of our initiatives cover, um, spay and neuter, um, programming, TNR programs, um, education, awareness, and retention-based programs, just forward-thinking grassroots movements. And just this past spring from our 
grant deadline, we um, were able to hit a really big mark, which we're really proud about. And that's $1 million in funds granted to wow. organizations across North America to help out, um, you know, directly impacting the, impacting the lives of animals um, for many, many organizations. So yeah, it's something that we certainly, I think, um, you know, preach and we do inside of our household as well. We are involved with local organizations and we do a lot of foster work. And it's just something that I think has been my purpose and reason for being here and, and being that advocate for animals in need and to help uh, the voiceless. So uh, we, we do continue our work with Athletes for Animals and we'll see where that kind of goes. Uh, you know, come 2022 into 2023, we had a really incredible partnership with Purina for the Million Mile Challenge. Um, and we had awesome athletes kind of involved from Chloe Kim, who is an Olympic snowboarder to, you know, Tunde Oyene from Peloton. There was just so many people that were um, spokesmen and women to help out with just furthering the movement and the mission for animals in need and the homeless animals. So, yeah. So uh, you can tell the, the passion oozes out of uh, this <laughs> one for the... <laughs> she's really the, the engine behind athletes for animals yeah. to go and keeps it on track and um it's been i can't believe it's been a decade that we've been at it but really feel like we've been able to make a difference and um you know the again the, the pairing the athletes with the cause and trying to give them a bit of a increased learning curve so that they can take some shortcuts that we had to learn the hard way something we focused on early and lately it's become especially with covid when you couldn't gather some you know abilities for us to funnel funds back to animal causes through we've had some jersey raffles and some other things around the holidays mm -hmm. up with uh carly and jason zucker a little bit to sure. have some duly beneficial fundraising efforts and it's just been a an awesome endeavor that we're passionate about and has uh you know one of those things where we've been able to do it together and we've we've really I'd say benefited in our relationship, but also been able to give back to a lot of the people and the animals that uh, serve us in so much of our daily lives. I almost feel like you guys started the whole uh, animal, the puppy calendars, right? Or the dog calendars that uh, a lot of NHL teams have, have done, right? Cause they're kind of a long lines, not quite as in deep as you are, but trying to encourage people to go to, to the shelters and rescue some of these animals like that. So I feel like we can credit you for uh, everybody's favorite calendars, I think. <laughs> well, that, and I think that's Kelly's brain working in the marketing side of things of yeah. the dog calendar and teaming up with a local organization or uh, what, what's the uh, festival of trees blues. What was the bring the Barking dog for working for blues, mm -hmm. you know, that persists and still goes on in St. Louis. And all of a sudden there was other teams bringing dogs into the um, arenas. And then some, like, I think the blues had actually a, a team dog this year that they were, pouring into and then I think it got adopted so I just we love the coexistence of both the animal world and the professional sports and any time to give a boost to a platform like that uh you know we're we're happy to be a part of it that is so awesome and I give a lot of kudos to you guys too because I mean on a personal note that's something I'm passionate about I am looking at my rescue dog just laying next to me right now too <laughs> so I love that you guys are involved with that and you mentioned athletes for animals. Is there a way people can donate or get involved to help out with the cause as well? Yes. Um, as you know, with any small or large nonprofit, we of course have um, a social following um, on Instagram, or then you can just visit our website, which is www.athletesforanimals.org. You can find out more information there. 
um, of all the organizations that we have supported thus far and um, kind of just, uh, you know, I kind of- I feel like you dated uh, us with the WW. <laughs> Oh, you don't you don't say that anymore maybe not you're yeah. asking a mid-30s person you're so i i have no idea me i would say www dot but okay. so just athletesforanimals.org yeah, yeah. just like x and a the w the world the worldwide web no more w no more http yeah backslash i think and i don't think you have to be off the phone in order to get on the internet anymore either which is a fun thing right so I know. <laughs> I love it. No, and and Doc did. He spoke so highly of you. I mean, he was just he was so thrilled with everything that you guys had done and was happy to to work with you. So I wanted to relay that. I'm sure he's told you time and time again, but when he was on the podcast, that's one of our our highlights of the conversation. In that conversation also I learned, David, you have a pilot's license? I do have a pilot's license. Tell um, me about that. How did that come to come to be and, and why? <laughs> well, it started with uh, Ty Conklin being traded to the St. Louis Blues, and he had his own plane. And uh, I've always been intrigued by flying. My grandfather was a tail gunner in World War II, and then Kelly's grandfather flew float planes in Minnesota most of his life. So okay. I'd always been intrigued, but just thought it was too difficult for a simple mind like mine to <laughs> do. And um, when Ty, no offense to Ty, but I said, if he can fly planes, then I certainly can. And he hooked me up with one of his uh, his flight instructors that was in St. Louis. And I went up for the first time. And I don't know if you've ever gone for a Discovery flight, but it's something you have to do because you actually get to take off for the first time just being in the in the plane. And it's from that first time I pulled the yoke back, I was like, this is incredible. I can't believe I'm doing this. And then it was really a, an opportunity for me to escape. It was pre-kids. We had a bunch of dogs in St. Louis, but Kelly got me the ground school as a Christmas present. And then I would set up a flight after practice and I would be able to go right from practice, uh, right to the field and have a hour, two hour flight with the instructor. And just flying is, is one of those things where it's not an escape where you're like relaxing on the beach and trying to clear your mind. Your mind is so consumed with the airplane, what comes next and trying to be ahead of it that you don't have time to think about anything else. And sure. your cell phone doesn't work up there or you don't have time to check it anyway. So to me, it was like practice, go clear my mind. And I would leave there so energized and so uh, ready for whatever came next that, uh, that that's kind of the genesis of it. And then from there, ended up with my instrument license and then did float plane training uh, in Minnesota as well. So we, we've, yeah, covered a lot of bases. Then we had kids and the idea that, I was still going to fly, got pushed down the totem pole quite a bit. So still have a license, but just uh, waiting for those hours to become hours again, which is still probably a decade away and maybe get back into it. If ever. Right. I mean, let's be honest. It's yeah, we'll see. <laughs> As my one-year-old's pulling at me to say she's, she's tired. No, that's cool. Kelly. I mean, were you pretty excited? Like you said, it's, it's fallen down or it, does it make you nervous after you had kids then? Cause it is, that's a, that's a cool thing, but it's a scary thing. I'm sure too. Uh, you know, um, I always, I mean, we, we went up together a lot. We flew from St. Louis to Minnesota for a wedding one summer. We did a lot of rescue flights and transported animals from high kill shelters to shelters in St. Louis where they had a little bit more space or maybe a little bit more foot traffic. Um, so we flew down to Texas and into Illinois, Kentucky. Um, Kentucky. Yeah. So we, we had, uh, you know, um, lots of pictures of puppies and dog crates behind us, airplanes when we would go up, but I would love, um, you know, 
in the next year or so if, if time allows and we have margin to do so. But I think it'd be really special for the kids to go up and, and see daddy fly. It's just been one of those things where, you know, more and more things kind of get put on your plate and with, um, you know, kids and their activities, of course, we all, we're all aware of, you know, juggling and wearing many hats, but, um, maybe one day in, in the next few years when, and things free up, I don't know if there's ever going to be that balance, but we'll, see. <laughs> I know with kids, there really never is. And you've got a full plate, especially at stock and spade. Again, I want to thank you guys for starting that plant-based, uh, restaurant here and and telling people about it. I think it is. It's a really cool, exciting adventure. Thank you for sharing it with all of us. Any final words? Bergeron's back, Bacchus. We talked about that last time. He's and coming catch, back. And, yeah. catch you. and you know what? I've been making sure my phone's charged all the time and it's not ringing. So. <laughs> yeah, but you got you to be ready though. You're ready to go if it, if it does. Yeah, I mean, I'm I might be able to run a marathon by the end of the, you know, by the time the season starts. <laughs> The idea of playing 82 games and, you know, the, the pounding that those guys take, I really in retirement watching games, I watch it totally different because when I was playing, it's just something you're surrounded with, right? Like guys being just beat up or missing teeth or bloodied all, all the time or getting stitches mid game. Yeah. But once you retire and you're out of it, it's like, man, this, this game is rough. And that looked like it really hurt. And um, just a lot of perspective change on top of, I always felt like I, I had to hate my opponents and kind of demean their abilities when I played against them, just so I could have a little bit of an edge. And now I get to appreciate guys that I hated when I played because I had to. Yeah. Um, so again, there's guys that were on my list. I wanted to take out while I played. And now I'm like, you know what? He's a really good player. And I'm humbled that I was able to play against them. And I just think it's kind of cool that I've been able to, turn that page and really, you know, appreciate all the things that the game has a given me, but, or us, but, um, mm -hmm. also see in a different light and just appreciate all the abilities that those guys have, especially the young kids. It's stupid what they can do. on the <laughs> Right. Who's your favorite player to watch right now? I mean, Zegras to me is pushing all the envelopes and certainly again, my, my brain hurts watching him on a full breakaway, go between the legs and be angry that he didn't, you know, go bar down. And did, <laughs> uh, but to me, just the, the creativity and the ability that these kids have now is, is off the chain, something I was never taught. And thankfully it wasn't as prevalent in the game because my retirement would have been a lot sooner. It's, it's, it's a good product. It's just, it's a shift. And I love to watch all of those evolutions happen. They're out there playing pond hockey is what I think it looks like, right? Like it's all stuff. It just seems like they're out there doing things that you would do on the, on a surface out with your buddies and they're doing it in the national hockey league. It's unreal. Yeah. We were at, at the beauty league the other day and I popped in literally for five minutes to watch a game and Riley Tufty, another blank <laughs> native between his legs from the goal line, top, you know, top shelf. I was like, who, like I would have, tangled my stick in my skates fallen down been embarrassed and maybe left for the night and he it was again it's pretty impressive the game's in a good place and uh now as a fan it's uh it's awesome to watch you'll get to enjoy some Kirill Kaprizov I'm sure a time or two this season as well well again thank you Kelly and David both for joining us for all that you're doing I'm sure we'll talk down the road I can't wait to get out to stock and spade uh and the new and again 50th in France right is the is the location 
Yeah, 50th in France, and he dined at 3925 West 50th Street, and North Loop will be opening. We will send you guys um part of our grand opening invite, and um, we'd love to have you there. So yes, yeah. out and um, fifth in Washington for that one. Yes, there, that's the act. Yeah, but can't go there yet. So if you're listening right now, <laughs> it's not open. 3925 West 50th. Um, there's also a location in Wyzetta, which we kind of touched on. But yes, we'd love to have you and try some yeah. of our food. I love it. We're going to take another quick break. We'll be right back. We're back. Thanks again to Kelly and David for joining us again. Just phenomenal human beings who are doing so much just to kind of make everybody else around them better between their uh, athletes for animals, stock and spade, getting better, healthy. I should probably really consider that lifestyle, but I love Taco Bell. I, oh my gosh. I love Taco Bell too. You, I think you've made me worse on that, but no, I loved list. Like I just was sitting back. I wasn't really saying much because just everything that was, they were saying, I was so interested in. And on a personal note, like, I mean, I'm a huge animal lover. I have my own rescue dog, like I mentioned, but I've been thinking of like trying to include more of a plant-based lifestyle into my own life. So just hearing their reasoning for it, all the things that they've done, and now this new store and venture that they're on, like, I, I feel inspired now. I know, right? That's what they do. They just, they're inspiring people. It's, it's really fun. And I didn't even realize that they are like high school sweethearts. Like that's just, I know cool. they said that and it was so cute. And that, like how they went to like what elementary together. Yeah. Like kindergarten. Well. Yeah. Yeah. That is so cute. I love that. Fun. Too fun. No. Well, again, thank you to David and Kelly for joining us. We'll be sure to check out stock and spade. Encourage you guys to do it again. Current locations in Edina and Wyzetta with the new location coming in September to the North loop. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode. As always, thank you to every single one of you. Don't forget to drop uh, your comments, likes, dislikes, whatever it may be. Um, also movie recommendations for Kirsten. We will get her on these movies guys. I'm not letting it die until we see Jesse. You're <laughs> bullying me into watching these movies you're making you're making the listeners turn on me <laughs> they still love you they're just in shock like i am like i anyway anyway we'll thanks. get there we'll, <laughs> we'll get, get there. there don't forget to subscribe rate like share with all of your friends you guys are awesome in doing that uh we really really appreciate it shout out to talk north who has us on their network shout out to sodastick.com don't forget uh bar down beauties at checkout will get you 15 percent off all your purchases royal credit union less fee more free peak vestibular center where you can go for all your concussion needs with dr tyler stewart um we've got some new exciting things coming up uh, very, very soon, a couple live shows on the, on the books, uh, to be determined as far as where and dates, but partnering up with grain belts, we're very excited to add them to our rapport. Um, and again, that's, uh, it's coming up to the season guys, off season contents, almost done in season content, getting real darn close. So, uh, yeah, you're all awesome. Have a great week. Bye. Near, 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 near.